Welcome to Pub Sports Talk, episode 55, white chocolate episode. Shout out to Jason Williams. But we got U.S. Open coming this weekend, as well as a continuation of NHL and NBA playoffs. We also have the Euro Cup with Matt Whitehorn leading us. And we also have a special take, some of our NBA hot takes of all time and ready to dive in on is Chris Paul one of the best point guards of all time? That'll all be later in the episode, but without further ado, U.S. Open, day one. Jay Gray, take us in. Yeah, they're playing at Torrey Pines this week um, out in California. So beautiful golf course if you've never gotten to see it. And it's prime time for the East Coast. While you're drinking your beers tonight or tomorrow night or the next night or whenever you listen to this, maybe it'll still be on prime time. They're still just teeing off now as as we speak. All hands on deck. Let's see what happens. I do want to take a second just to talk a little bit about that course. Obviously, if you haven't seen it, it's almost the Pacific Coast version of the ocean course at Kiowa. So they're playing up on the Pacific Ocean, on the cliffs, on the hills. They still got the wind as a factor. But the big factor this week with the U.S. Open is going to be driving accuracy. So I feel like we can all go ahead and start smashing on DeChambeau because he can hit the ball, but he isn't the most accurate. Kudos to you if you have faith in him. I do not. I never do. Other interesting thing that I saw this week, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about it, is Tiger Woods this week was asked if he would be a commentator for the U.S. Open, and he declined. What do you guys think about that? I think once he starts it, he's put in that commentator box now. And everyone's like, all right, he's done. He's retired. And I think he didn't want to be put in that box, but I would love to hear him on the mic commentate. I think that'd be great. Kind of like what we talked about what, a week ago, two weeks ago, talking about Wayne Gretzky, the great one, commentating NHL games. Once again, the goat of golf, in many people's opinion, Tiger Woods, I would love to get his input about it. But I just don't think he wants to be classified as a commentator. I feel like Tiger would be kind of awkward as a commentator. I'd say give me Phil Mickelson first. I could see, like, because we've seen, like, footage of Phil Mickelson, like, you know, in some of his chipping tutorials and stuff. Like, he's he's really into it. I don't know if he's quite like a Romo, but that's probably, like, the closest you might get. Maybe, like, a Chris Collinsworth. But I don't see that with Tiger. I feel like Tiger would be really quiet, and he would have a lot of knowledge, but I don't know if he would know how to, like, communicate that to us. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, You never really see him, like, live tweeting or anything during the matches it, it's almost just like anything he has to say he probably wants to keep to himself um he doesn't want to let too many cats out of the bag trying to maintain this playing career there but i just thought that was interesting with with him being kind of a legend at tory pines tory pines was the site of where he came back i believe it was 2008 had that brutal knee injury had surgery came back and won the u.s open at tory pines uh, in a playoff, a 19-hole playoff on the Monday. And the dude was like falling over on the golf course. Clearly was not at 100% and still managed to win. It was pretty legendary. Um, I know they've talked about a lot this week. Um, but with that being said, we got another major to talk about. We got we got some more picks to take. So I'll go ahead. I'll give Tim some help over here with some picks that he should think about taking. I think Rom, number one, great driver. Dude can put the ball wherever he wants. Also, he's coming off that withdrawal. Um, in the tournament a few weeks ago where he was leading by eight or nine um, and had to withdraw and Cantley came in, essentially took that tournament in, uh, in a playoff against Morkawa. Rom's a strong pick this week. Um, he plays well at Torrey Pines. He's won a few tournaments there already. 
um, look out for him. I know that's one that Matt usually likes to jump on the back of, um, taking his fellow European, but Rom could definitely take this, um, riding that momentum. Brooks has a lot of pop momentum. And I think if Brooks can keep, I don't think he's getting chanted much, as much as DeChambeau, but if Brooks can keep his head on straight and kind of walk out and just play his game, um, I think he'll do really well. Um, the PGA was toying with the idea of putting Brooks and DeChambeau in a group together to start. And they said, okay, let's not do that. But, you know, if they both play around the same type of golf, you could see them paired up this weekend. And that would definitely be something to watch. Um, I'd also keep an eye out on the local Californians. Um, I was going to say Oma. Max Oma is five over right now. So maybe, maybe don't take Max Oma, but um, Scotty Scheffler, he's a local. He's playing really well. And uh, you can't ignore anyone who's won it before. And you can't ignore the world, the guys who are playing um, at the top of their league in the world, like the Dustin Johnsons, like the Rory McIlroy's been playing really well recently. And of course, Beef. Um, so those are just a few names um, shouted out at you to pick from, Tim, whichever you would like. I'm going to go ahead and take my pick and I'm going to jump on the back of Brooks. I think Brooks has the fire in his eye. I think he is still upset about losing the PGA um, to Mickelson. Um, and I think he's upset again about Bryson walking through the back of his interview and saying whatever he decided to say in the back of his interview. So I hope Brooks uses that as momentum to propel him forward. But I also really, really like Scotty Scheffler. Um, he's been playing really well as well. Um, and so that, again, those would be my top two um, this week to keep an eye on. I saw Will Zalatoris is in it. He made some noise at the Masters this year. I don't think he has his PGA Tour card yet, but I think he could make some noise at the open. I think that'd be a good sleeper pick. But I would take Xander Shuffle. I, I just think it's going to be somebody we all know, but no one's really talking about at this moment. Yep. Jay Gray, your two picks, Scotty at plus uh, 4,500 and Brooks at plus 1,600. Both very easily could. You know, Vegas is on their side here uh, for the most part. Rom's the favorite at plus 900. Uh, Xander's at plus 1,600. Another good odds there. I beat myself up. I always put money on Phil Mickelson. Every big tournament, I always put money on Phil. Did not put money on Phil the other weekend. I'm back on my bullshit. I'm back on Phil, baby. He's popping off. <laughs> Picks wrong, so I mean it doesn't really. You picked wrong. Shut doesn't up. Doesn't really matter. Plus I'm pretty 6, sure he's already like two over for the tournament. Fine. He's a comeback it's still kid. First round. Comeback kid. Plus six thousand. Phil, I'm taking him. Well, I'm in full patriotic mood over here. Football's coming home, and so is golf. I'm either going to take Tommy Fleetwood or my favorite player, Justin Rose. I mean, this is the U.S. Open. One. Well, you know, Justin Rose, the only major he has won is the U.S. Open. And the it's only a, major Phil has not won is the U.S. Open. He does need it for the, yeah, for the Grand Slam. He's coming for it. I'm going for the lightning striking twice. Oh, Gimme Hideki Matsuyama. Oh, Count it! Oh, Stop for right that now. Pick. Minus one. Good pick. So, bring it back to back. Yeah. Going back to back. I got the drink in me going back to back. Plus 4,000. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm going with Tom, uh, Tony Fina. I like his little half swing, and he still taters the ball like he's December. So, uh, it's, I think I think it'll be all right. He already took Brooks, so I was kind of like scrambling. But I, I like watching Fino. He's a fun guy to watch. Plus twenty eight hundred, good odds as well. Now, Jake, there's another golf match coming up, and this is a big time. You and Fitz, you guys got to get involved on this somehow. 
I'm kind of afraid to get involved in things again because I feel like I might also be eating random food at the end of the NHL challenge, but who knows? Um, yeah, Brady versus Rogers. Y'all, I am not an Aaron Rodgers girl at all. I don't like his attitude. I don't like his little playing around things. I don't like it. I feel like he always complains. Not a fan. Stop complaining. Um, shots fired. Um, shots fired. Yeah. But this is, I feel like, I mean, they tried to do the challenge around Thanksgiving where they had Barkley and Nicholson against Curry and Peyton Manning. I'm sorry. You can't put a pro golfer on a team with someone and like not a pro golfer on the other team and expect it to be even. So now they're coming back Two pro golfers. I'm so about it. So it is lefty and Brady against DeChambeau and Rogers. And I am so team Phil and Brady. It is unreal. Two people that I am just not a big fan of, you know, they're great people respect them when they do well, not a fan. Okay. Uh, it, it's the epitome of, I just really hope Mickelson and Brady go in and just tear these two people apart. And Mick, or Brady's already firing shots using the, the Brooks meme. Um, it's, uh, with Brooks walking in the background, Brady being paired with Mickelson and Brooks in the front, Aaron Rodgers' face when he hears he's paired with DeChambeau. Like, it's the perfect epitome of just knockdown, drag out, best of the best. I think it's going to be a good time. And it's July 6th. Few days after you've recovered from the fourth, you got some golf to watch. I love it. This shocked me. DeChambeau and Rogers are the favorite to win this thing. Phil and Tom are coming off their their win. They got momentum on their side. All Rogers does is win. When it's in his hands, all he does is win. I'd like and to see his six other rings then, or his five other rings. Yeah, blame Mike McCarthy. Blame. See, now you're playing the blame game, just like him. You guys just blame other people. No, you got to step up and lead your team. It's not not blame. It's fact. It's just factual information. Now, is he going to request a trade nine holes in? Rodgers wants to be a Packer for life, and Brian just can't get it together. I swear. This is exactly what's happening. They're at a stalemate, and Rodgers wants some insurance. He he wants to know he can play in Green Bay until 2023. I swear. I promise you. Shake your head, but that's what that's what's going down right now. Okay, Broski. He just can't get his butt handed to him on a golf course by two old guys. So, I mean, he's kind of old too, but still. I wonder if him and DeChambeau are just gonna like chug protein shakes the entire way down the golf course, right? I do hate I hate that he's golfing with Bryson because like already like people are so like anti Aaron Rodgers, but now this just like adds to it. Like he couldn't have been paired with a worse person. Yeah, he could have been put against with like a good, like a popular golfer for like Tony Finau or anybody really. Like, I obviously love Aaron Rodgers, but he's paired with Bryson DeChambeau. I'm like, do I really want to see Bryson win? Yeah, now I'm, you're I'm like, not, yeah, Aaron Rodgers I, is a douche. He like, is I don't, a douche. I don't really care if Aaron <laughs> Rodgers wins a golf tournament, to be honest. Do I want to see Bryson win? Not really. Like, I'm telling you, the only way Rodgers wins is he wears one of those douchey hats like DeChambeau does. That's the only way he's going to win. I wonder if they're going to wear matching douchey hats. Because oh then that would make them even more douchey. But like a sour peaky blind. With like a yellow douchey hat with like little little cheese holes in it tied oh, all together. I will say Aaron is a nerd, or I don't know if nerd is the right word, but he's definitely like very fashionable. Like he kind of nerds out with with some of the fashion attire. Maybe Brady will do that with one of his rings. I don't know. Ooh. 
I just love stirring the pot here. I just love it. I just, I have to hold my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. That's it for golf. Go put some money on it and uh, we'll come back to Brady and Rogers. We got a couple weeks before the tee off. So we'll, we'll we'll keep prepping that up and uh, pissing fits off. That's what we do best. Moving in NHL hockey talk, baby. The Pickums getting close, baby. I'm excited for it. I'm still in last place, but not for long. I got a feeling. Let's go over. Let's recap our picks here in the East finals. Everybody's taking the lightning. Not this guy. Taking that trap defense. New York Islanders stand up. How are we feeling about the Eastern Conference finals? Not too solid. <laughs> I wanted to pick the Islanders so bad. Ross and talked me out of it. And gosh, I don't know. I really do want them to win that. There's something about them, even though totally screaming. I don't want either team to win. Can they both just lose? <laughs> the thing, I mean, I, I think I would like the Islanders to win, similar to, I think, the majority here. I think Tampa, after watching them play Carolina, they're so consistent every game that you have to, you can't make any mistakes. And I know, like, like the other night, Vegas had a zero penalty kind of game. Like, you, you have to bring that level of play, but every game for Tampa. And I don't know if the Islanders have it as much as I'd like them to. See, I think that trap defense, it's going to disrupt them. I really think it's just going to mess with Lightning. And you got to realize the Islanders have gone against and beat questionably two of the best Eastern teams out there. I mean, the Caps, they shut them down, went through the Bruins. Sorry, Jay Gray. But the Bruins are damn good. And sure, the Lightning went through the Canes, but our Canes look rough. That's not the same Canes in the regular season as it did in the postseason. Very true. The Islanders took down Pittsburgh. Sorry, yeah. First round. Sorry, Pittsburgh, not Caps. And like even better though, like yeah, Sidney Crosby and and gang. But I think I mean I'm with Tim. I think after the Canes Lightning series, I think that was that was just the Lightning proving they are the defending champs. Like even with all the the Caniacs and all the hype, um, I think I think Tampa is the team to beat. But I was also surprised with Vegas just shutting the door on the avalanche. Like, I really thought the avalanche were going to be the team nobody could stop except, I mean, Vegas was the team that's like, okay, if anybody gives them trouble, it's going to be the Vegas Knights. And once they got Flurry going, they were unstoppable. So I just see those two teams, they are the, the two Titans. I don't know what would have to happen for them to lose the series. I mean, the Islanders are definitely a sleeper team. I can't even believe the Canadians. I don't. I don't know that that whole portion of the bracket. I just think is a joke. Like the Maple Leafs, the Oilers, the Jets. Like, are the Canadians for real? Like, I don't. I would be shocked if if they beat Vegas. I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah, and we all picked Vegas except for Jay Gray. She went out of limb. She's picking the Canadians. The effing Habs. She's taking effing Habs, man. And Evan, all of Canada thinks you're a joke after that comment. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, the Habs are going to be partying on route to St. Catherine. It's going to be awesome. And I'm merely just sticking to my, hey, I've ridden them this long. They were four seed, you know, like, why not? I'm still on them. So if the Habs get there, if the Habs win this, I know what I'm talking about. I am the ice queen. I am. <laughs> I didn't realize I just dissed on all the Canadian teams. And they're coming you dissed on with Canada worse than moose. I dissed on Canada. They're going to tie you to a tree with maple syrup and just let the moose go at you. Yeah. You're, they're coming down here with a fleet of moose, and they're just going to come. Every bite you. a moose takes, they're going to say, sorry, eh? Sorry, eh? 
Drake's going to come after me. Yeah. They're going to actually have Bieber sing to you every day of your life. <laughs> yeah. Hockey, I, this is good. Both series tied 1-1. Game three tonight between Islanders Lightning. Either you guys are going to feel real good after tonight, or I'm be talking a lot of shit after tonight. Uh, game three for Vegas in Montreal is tomorrow night. And once again, we're going to be feeling really good, or Jake is going to be talking a lot of shit after tomorrow night. Can't wait for it. NBA playoffs. Another one. This is getting good. Things are spicing up here. I'm in last place for that one again, but not for long. Not for long. I'm speaking. I'm LeVar balling it into existence here. Let's recap our picks here. Matt taking Jazz. Fitz taking Jazz. Slate taking Jazz. I'm taking the Jazz. Tim is taking the Clippers. Real good series, but Kawhi not playing game five. That old knee injury, baby. Clippers winning game five without Kawhi in Utah is a statement and I want to dig into it, but it, it scares me. It really does. Cause I flipped a coin. The coin told me to pick the jazz playoff P <laughs> can I get a Tim diagnosis of this injury or is it still too unknown? I wasn't sure if they knee sprain or ACL at this uh, point. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know what injury had what happened. <laughs> it wasn't the hell sprain. are you a doctor. It Not was a, a knee sprain, and then they said day-to-day, and then they said he may miss the rest of the playoffs, and I and I have no idea. I guess they're worried it's ACL, but... Yeah, a knee sprain is just a cop-out. That could be... Let me get a quick goog here. Okay, Google like search a, it. Is there, like, a clear mechanism of injury? Like, is it, like, a still frame of, like, this is when he hurt his knee, or was it just, like, throughout the game? He basically went for a dunk, and I think it was in the third quarter, and he just kind of came down on it. Just Google Dive and we'll and we'll come back. But I gotta talk about that Utah. So game five in Utah, which has been a tough place to play. The Jazz were knocking down a ton of threes in the first half, but the Clippers were just kind of hanging around. And again, without Kawhi, without your star, and they're just kind of hanging around. And then in the second half, Utah was three of twenty-four from three point. They just cold. They just couldn't hit anything. And the Clippers just did enough to win. It was like, it's just like the ultimate choke from the jazz. And I was like, if you just, you know, if you just knock down a few more shots, you know, you walk away with this one easy. You just got to take game six. It's just weird because it's like, Oh, Kawhi's out series over. Now the Clippers have the upper hand. It's three, two. Like, it's just weird. I think the jazz could be kicking themselves that they've let this become a series now. And really, where they there's some urgency on their end now. They've got to win two in a row. That I just think it's interesting. I think we all would have written off the Clippers after Kawhi was out, and they ended up winning. It's just kind of weird. I think all their emotions done. They're at they 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 flooded the tank. It's all done, and now they're going to really hurt to not have Kawhi in there if if he is done for the series. So you think the Clippers are done? You think they're just going to fold? I think so. I think it's like whenever you're. Your, your key player goes out, you you get all the hype during the game, but then afterwards, like, oh, shit, we lost our guy, our dude. But I don't know. I mean, we're going to see. You're right, because Utah's a hard place to play. All right, I found the little video clip from the 30 seconds that I just watched. <laughs> it doesn't – I mean, it really doesn't appear like it'd be an ACL. I know the Athletic said that they're reporting it's an ACL injury. The mechanism of injury isn't really consistent of, like, an ACL. ACL, you're, you're thinking more of, like – the lower leg kind of shifting forward the video i just saw it was like he was um 
I mean, he got a little nudge from one of the players, but it was more of like a lateral shift, like from the like from the inside of the knee out. So yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't. Um, a sprain is so ambiguous. You know, if it's an MCL sprain, then he's fine. You know, those are a dime a dozen. But if it is like more of the important cruciate ligaments, then it's going to be tough. But I guess at the post game interview, he looked okay and he was fine. So I don't know. I. They, well, no one knows yet. That's the thing is they like right now, all they have is Clippers fear that Kawhi Leonard has suffered an ACL injury. It's like this unknown. Is he out for the playoffs? Supposedly. But again, if Clippers win this series, you know, does a knee sprain, could he be back potentially? They get some imaging done. I guess it just depends on the grade of the sprain. You know, if it's a grade one, you might be able to, depending on which ligament, but if there's any like significant damage to like a ACL or PCL or even like a LCL, then there's no way he can finish a postseason with that substantial of damage. Look, you hear that LA close up shop, go ahead, close it down, stop the playoffs. Utah moves on. That's what I hear right there. Thank you, doctor. Um, two things. I'm not a doctor and I picked the Clippers to win. So game on. Let's go ahead and move on. Tim, we we actually share this pick in common here. Brooklyn, go ahead, stand up. Hova, the Rock, nine nine problems, but the Bucks ain't one. They're up three two against Milwaukee. Game six tonight. How are we feeling about that pick, boys? Me and Tim feeling good. Real good. Has anybody lost? I think everyone's won at home in this series. I don't think anyone's taken one. Milwaukee's um, at home on the tonight. road. Yeah, so Milwaukee's hosting game six. So if they take care of business. Game seven, and, and you know, I think game seven, anything can happen. So I think Milwaukee's definitely improved from their first two games. But again, it's at home. It's just kind of weird. Uh, but game five was definitely a contest. It sucks that the Nets got the upper hand in that one. I don't know. You just, you got to feel that, you got to feel that Giannis is on a mission and, and he's been ridiculed for not having a good playoff history. And this is his best chance and it's against the team who's most likely going to win it but i i could see the bucks taking two here but it's a great series it, and so game six game seven should be fun to watch i was just gonna say i gotta rewind a little bit you know i keep playing this video <laughs> his knee is in full extension and he is cutting so i mean after looking at a little long i wouldn't rule out an acl diagnosis right just just quite yet so that's that's a little more suspicious. Shut down the Staples Center. Shut down Los Angeles. <laughs> Both teams done, dead. Put Kawhi ACL through a table. Shut down the Staples Center. I love it. <laughs> Did you just say to put someone's ACL through a table? I, it already happened. <laughs> I didn't do it. It happened last, what, two days ago? It wasn't me. Oh, my gosh. Can't believe you, Parker. I don't wish any ACL injuries on anybody. Been there, done that. Move on. Let's stay on the East here. 76ers, Hawks, Slate, you and me. Taking hot Atlanta, baby. They're up three to two right now. Trey Young looking in fuego. Everybody else took the 76ers. And I flipped when Atlanta was up 1-0. I flipped over to Philly because I just yeah. had a feeling. I should have I should have stayed in hot Atlanta. So I, I got to dive in. So game five, the 76ers blew a 26-point lead. They were up 62-40 at the half. 85 to 61 with two minutes in the third quarter. I mean, this was this was just easy. And Atlanta finished on a 23 and six run. 
a lot of people are ridiculing Embiid for missing two free throws, but I do want to throw out Embiid did about all he could. He he was 37 points, 13 rebounds, 11 of 13 from the free throw line. He literally just missed his last two. But Ben Simmons, I gotta we gotta talk about Ben Simmons, four of 14 from the line. And I can't remember how many of those were in the fourth quarter, but he was definitely the reason. Well, it's team basketball. He wasn't the reason, but he was a pretty big reason why they lost game five and game four, that Philly was also leading in game four by 18 points at one point, and they blew that lead partly because of free throws. So I just wanted to throw this out here. This is a stat I saw. Ben Simmons, right now, his free throw percentage, he's 22 of 67 which is a 32% free throw shooter. It's the worst in NBA history for anyone with 60 or more free throws. Second on that list is Shaquille O'Neal in 2006. And Shaquille had a higher free throw percentage with 37%. That's horrible. And Ben Simmons is a guard. I don't think that's going to, that's not championship basketball, in my opinion. So it's just crazy. They've they've blown two big games, two big leads, and Trey Young. It's kind of like what you said last week, Parker. He's he just took out New York, taking out Philly. This could just be the Trey Young show, this whole playoff run. Talk that sh- to Trey Young. He's stepping up. By the way, Ben Simmons heard Jay Gray's new nickname, Ice Queen. He said, "Nah, I'm gonna show you what ice cold looks like." <laughs> Also, can I take a second to acknowledge that Fitz just said that basketball was a team sport, but didn't refuse to acknowledge that football was a team sport. Football is a team sport. When did I say it wasn't? Because you said it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' fault. Yeah, because like, it's, it's a, a team, team sport. sport. You put him on his back. Yeah, it, it is a team sport because we had other pieces that screwed it up for us. But you can't like you wanted to say Aaron Rodgers, where are your other rings? And you wanted to make it not a team sport and all on Aaron. And the fact is when you got Mike McCarthy drinking Starbucks with no foam lattes every morning and prepping the game plan, there's just no energy in the locker room and you can't win. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You can't dish on, on coffee. Me and Slate will tell you coffee (laughs) rules the coaching room here. Game plan. You need, you, you need caffeine. You need coffee. Come on now. Can't disc it. No, there's just there's a Packers documentary. It's on their Super Bowl. And it literally starts with Mike McCarthy waddling through Lambeau. And he's like, there's 13 Starbucks in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You can't go to this one at 5 a.m. And I get really upset when they give me coffee with foam. If I order a latte, I want no foam. It's like ridiculous. It's like this dude got us a ring. Like, it's just crazy. And the last series, the series is already done. Over. Suns in fourth, son. Uppercut to the jaw to Denver. We all took the Suns minus Devin Slate. Oh, ouch. Whoop to do, Basil. <laughs> <laughs> Meat's pissed about it. Tell him, mate. <laughs> so, Chris Paul, he right now he's contracted COVID. I think it helps that they swept. <laughs> It helps that they swept. Uh, no, Wait. not that that. <laughs> you say he, he contracted COVID? Like, he's been like, all right, COVID, you're going to go here? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're going to infect them? Go ahead, take our boy John Rom here. Did I say that wrong? How are you supposed to say it? He's got to deal, deal with the COVID. <laughs> Dirty deals done dirt cheap. 
<laughs> I thought you were gonna get on me because I said he contracted COVID and that helps. And and I kind of hesitated, like that helps their game. No, it, he he contacted, like like contracted COVID is like I got come you. to me. Is he the godfather of COVID? I got you. I want to make you a disease you can't lose. Yeah. (laughs) Either your signature, your brains is going to be on that deal. But yeah, so Chris Paul, it partly helps the Suns already. You know, they swept the Nuggets, so they're just waiting for, you know, L.A. and Utah to finish up. So that gives them a little bit of time. And obviously, Chris Paul is just killing it with the Suns right now. And last week, it was after Chris Paul's 15 assist game, which... By the way, I know I've been sending y'all Chris Paul highlights like crazy. His his playoff highlights right now are just insane. Like just some of his like dribble moves and just finding the cutter or like a no look in a fast break or the bounce to himself and he hits the jump shot. Chris Paul's highlights, unreal. Like it, I feel like after, you know, after Jokic, you know, just kind of, it, he kind of got embarrassed in that matchup. And it's kind of like Chris Paul didn't win the MVP, but maybe he's in more people's conversation. You know, I know the awards came out, but it's like Chris Paul, maybe there's a little chip on his shoulder. I saw a stat anyway after that 15-assist game that he's the only player in NBA history to have three playoff games, like in a row. I don't think year counts, but just like three consecutive playoff games with 15 assists and zero turnovers. So it's not even just the assist, but he's taking care of the ball. And Devin, I actually liked your question this week that you asked us in a text. I didn't know if you were trolling because you didn't pick the Suns, but you asked us, is CP3 in the top three point guards of all time? And I'd like to know your thoughts on it. I'd like to know everyone's thoughts on it, but I'd like to dive into that a little bit. The the question got brought up, uh, one of my buddies, big, Chris Paul fan, obviously, you know, Chris Paul is from around where we're from. Uh, so we got a lot of a lot of Chris Paul riders around here. And he posted one of his stat lines. I don't have the, the graphic, but basically saying he like commented saying Chris Paul is the best point guard of all time. So then I naturally responded, kind of trolling him. I wasn't expecting this debate to, to come to fruition. But I basically said that's the most ridiculous statement ever. I don't think that he's the best point guard of all time because you've got Magic, Steph, IT, Oscar, Stockton, Kid, Nash. I think that he's in the conversation to be like a top 10, possibly top five. So with Magic, Magic's got five championships, three MVPs. Steph, three championships, two MVPs with a scoring championship. IT, two championships, finals MVP, Oscar Robertson. Uh, one championship, one MVP, Nash, two MVPs, Stockton, first in assists and steals at point guard. I think the only person that in that group that CP3 really beats out, maybe Nash, maybe. His retort was basically if, if uh, the NBA didn't block his trade to go play with Kobe, that he would be have more championships, have more success. He also dissed on Steph a little bit, basically saying that Steph benefited greatly from the NBA super team era. I inherently disagree with that. Uh, that team was pretty homegrown other than KD. Um, but he's also the best shooting point guard of all time. Like, you can't deny that regardless of who's on his team. I would say I would argue that CP3 is definitely probably the best playing right now, uh, currently. 
And I don't think that we can confuse longevity at a position with being a GOAT. I don't think he's in my top five. I'll give you that. I think it's got to be magic. I think he's in my top five. I, I don't think – I think top three could be a reach because I, I agree with you. I think Magic, Stockton, Oscar Robertson, those probably round out the three. But also, I'm I'm not thinking of like Steph. I, you know, I wasn't thinking of like scoring guards. I was thinking of like the assist leaders. And I know we've done like Mount Rushmore's. Like Chris Paul could be – like I'm just saying like if this is – if he completes this run, if he wins a championship – I think he can be in the Mount Rushmore. I think that's all he needs. He just needs that one moment, that one ring for us to really say, yeah, you know, like right now he's, you know, he's top five in all-time assists behind guys like Nash, who I don't think Nash ever won a ring. Unless no, he, he didn't. Had, it, he he just, nope. Nash has two MVPs. I think that was the only two. MVPs. Yeah. I don't think Kid ever won a ring with the Nets. They never won, did they? Um, so, I don't think he did. He was I don't with even the Mavs. Think, yeah, he was with, he was the, with Mavs. the Mavs. Okay, with the Mavs, but Stockton never won either. The Jazz, the Jazz didn't win with Stockton and Malone because of Jordan. I feel like Magic is here, and the rest of those guys are just a little below. For sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't like, like I said, it was a totally a troll thing. I was definitely trolling my buddy at the time, but it ended up being a good conversation. I, I definitely think that he. Is could potentially be in the run. I think really it, it goes into the thing that we all, t- I think we've talked about it a few times. It's like, you know, these guys that don't end up winning championships, they get left off a lot of these lists. And I think I succumb to that a little bit with basketball because I don't, I don't keep up with it nearly as much. So what a lot of people, what I go off of is like basically research or seeing what other people are saying. And I think that you're right. The only thing that he is missing is a championship. <laughs> they're looking pretty good to to make a run for it. So he could he could really easily be top five after that. Yeah, I would say he's probably the most traditional point guard right now. And I would say he is the most humble point guard of all time because you never hear him complain, or at least yes. I don't hear him complain. Maybe he does. I don't watch a lot of NBA, but you never hear him complain. He's always about bettering his team and bettering his teammates. And he doesn't, need the spotlight and i appreciate that so i would say he's probably the most traditional point guard right now but i would put him as the most humble point guard of all time it's like a senior superlative <laughs> uh this brought up another thing that i was thinking about today just even like pondering on this question is like for for me he like kind of encompasses everything you want in a point guard and maybe this is a controversial take this is kind of like my hot take is I don't think Steph does that, but Steph's scoring ability is what has made him, like, shot him out of the roof into these conversations where I don't think that he is, like, the assist guy, the steal guy. The I don't think he does, like, the full encompassing of a point guard as well as he does just being an offensive mastermind. Yeah, we talked about a few weeks ago, like, the biggest what-ifs. Now thinking about CP3 going to a prime CP3, going with a Kobe. Like, what – would, would this even be a discussion? But, yeah, CP3, number one point. Like, would that change his whole thing? I mean, he went to the Clippers, though. Like, and, you know, as him and Griffin, you know, is peak Blake Griffin. Like, when Griffin came in the league, he was he was a machine. And they the Clippers never got to the mountaintop. And they were one of those super teams. They just couldn't – they couldn't reach the, 
top. So I actually, I, I kind of disagree. I don't think. I don't, I don't think you think put Blake and Kobe been, in the same category, though. I just, I don't no, know where he would no. actually. I don't, I don't know where he would have actually benefited Kobe, if that makes sense. Like Kobe, pretty much just did whatever. Like maybe you just get that extra passing lane with CP3 or I mean, whatever. To think about like, what he did with Derek Fisher and then magnify that. I don't, no, don't, don't be trashing. Deep I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trashing old man Fisher. I'm just saying CP3 is better than Fisher. But I mean, to see what CP3 is doing with with a young Devin Booker, making Booker look real good, I, I think it, it's just kind of like, dang, like we got stole of some great Kobe moments and, and CP3 moments. Who knows? Uh, but Devin Booker, good dude. Sent Nick McKellar, the guy that was Suns and Ford, uppercutting Denver Nugget fans all over the arena. He sent him tickets for the next coming series and a nice autographed jersey by the team. Good guy, Devin Booker there. That was a sweet uppercut. That man has thrown some fisticuffs in his life. He's, that's not his first rodeo. No. Nope. No doubt about it. That guy thought he was slick. He let me put some in my pocket. Bam. Nope. Nick was ready. Grab that sucker by the throat and just, you like that? Your boy wants some? Nah, you're going to keep getting some. Better than Logan Paul? There's our next fight, boys. Sons and four guy versus Logan Paul. <laughs> that would be a fight. Got to wear NBA jerseys, though. There's never been a worse situation of somebody having the higher ground and losing like that never happens and that guy got absolutely mollywalled and he had a sucker punch yeah dude jack you had all the makings to beat the shit out of this guy and nick with the iron chin just comes right back at you with a lot of fisticuffs so devin kind of tabled you know nba hot takes i was trying to think of mine today and i realized i just needed to dive into the rookie of the year award this year so lamella ball was named Rookie of the Year, and you know, great moment for Hornets and and Charlotte. And hey, if you're if you're a fan of the Ball family, phenomenal. But I guess my hot take is, <laughs> as Jay Gray holds up the Buzz City, that's actually a sick shirt. That's really. But sick. I think my hot take is, I think the NBA Rookie of the Year award is the kiss of death. I think it's a, I think it's a bad award. I think that whoever gets it ends up just not being the best player of that draft class. And I had to dig deep because I was like, am I wrong about this? Or like, can I back this up? So I went through, this is like the last 10, 15 years of NBA rookie of the year award. And if there's a player that should have won it or who's definitely way better than that. Now I kind of threw them in like they were a runner up or they didn't win too early to tell. But last year, John Morant, then you have Luka Doncic, Ben Simmons won. And Donovan Mitchell was a runner-up. So Ben Simmons won over Mitchell. 17, you've got Malcolm Brogdon. Don't even know who that is. 16, you got Carl Anthony Towns. Honorable mention was Devin Booker. Then you have Andrew Wiggins. Joel Embiid was the runner-up. Michael Carter-Williams. Runner-up was Giannis. Aladipo. Rudy Gobert was also in that draft class. Then 13, you got Damian Lillard. Anthony Davis, runner-up. Kyrie Irving, pretty good year. Uh, but Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard were also in that draft class. 11, Blake Griffin, who again, I said earlier, think beast of Blake Griffin. There wasn't really another, another person in competition. And then other notable rookie of the year, LeBron James, Tim Duncan in 98, Allen Iverson in 97, Shaq in 93. So it's kind of hit or miss. It's like sometimes it's like, yeah, without a doubt, like this is – this is the rookie of the year, but I do think in the last like 
seven years, whoever has won it, there's actually like the second or third guy ends up being the player. So like this year, I look at like Emmanuel quickly for the Knicks, you know, runner up, like quickly could end up being the guy that we talk about. And LaMelo is just like, oh yeah, remember that guy for the Hornets for a couple of years? Like, yeah, he was pretty good. If he stays with the Hornets, he'll definitely get shafted on the back. <laughs> sorry, Jake. Ray. Yeah, sorry, Jake. E with little faith. Buzz City Baby. Like I, I like how I just trash on LaMelo, like without even rehearsing it. And it just it totally retaliates Jay Gray for getting Aaron Rodgers earlier. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Not phase. <laughs> Uh, my hot take, I don't know, this is probably not even hot. This might be lukewarm. This might be ice cold. Zion, he's got to get out of New Orleans. He needs to get out of New Orleans. I mean, for him to to have a shot at being what we thought was the next best thing, you know, coming, coming through high school, what we thought he would be when he was at Duke until his shoe exploded, he's dying in New Orleans. He's got to get out. Is that a hot take? Yeah, that's why I'm saying I don't think that's really hot. Like, I, I think that's kind of ice cold at this point. But you're, you're, now, the ice, you're now the ice. You're now the ice. Charlotte. Super team. Yo. Zion to Charlotte. Zion and ball. Char dash lit. And Miles Bridges. Let's go. Is that much better, though? Yes. And Zion's from Spartanburg. So, I mean, yeah, it would be cool. Cool little, cool little touch there. Well, I mean, Atlanta may be a home team for him as well. Spartanburg's like literally right in between the yeah, two. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'd so probably rather go to Atlanta. Oh, dude. Him and Trey <laughs> Young teaming up. Oh, my gosh. And Lou Williams. Lou Williams is balling right now. Yeah. That's a good Hawks team. It really is. All right. I got two things here. First, I need to correct this wrong. All right. I'm sorry, Evan. I picked on you, and I laughed about the contracted Chris Paul. I think it was the way you said it, you know, like a contract. <laughs> when I think contract, you know, you think like a written document, Right. But when you think of like, oh, he contracted the flu. So it's it's I, it's I, the way I, I said it. Yes. And I think you threw me off with the, the accent. It's a contract. Yeah. So like <laughs> so it's like he contracted he contracted. COVID. I, yes. I hear exactly what okay. you're saying. Okay. That it, it threw me for a loop. I was sitting here thinking about it. I was like, man, what that was right technically. Okay. So I apologize for laughing. My hot take, you know, like Parker, this may not be so hot. I'd like to hear y'all's thoughts on it. <clears throat> you ready? Ben Wallace is the best defender in the 21st century of NBA basketball. Name a better mm. defender than Ben Wallace. He has four times all defensive player of the years. He stumped Shaq in the finals in his face. Go ahead. 21st century. Give me a better defender than Ben Wallace. Anybody? I actually, I actually don't hate that take, Tim. I don't hate it. Let's go. Ben Wallace. Fear the fro. He gets... Not nearly the credit that he deserves. I mean, he recently was inducted in the Hall of Fame. So, my boy, his jersey's retired, number three. And no one, he doesn't get any love. He was stone cold, brick house. He let NBA in blocks 2002. Like, I mean, obviously, I think you can argue LeBron. I think you can argue Kawhi Leonard. Rudy Gobert just won his third defensive player of the year. I don't think he's in the same stratosphere, though. But it just depends on what he does but i tim it's a it's a hard bargain i or it's a good i don't think that's the right word i'm on board i i think i think ben wallace is in the conversation i got two names and i I, 
I'm not saying they top Ben Wallace. Don't don't get me wrong here, Tim. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. Mm. I Wallace is better than this. Yeah, I would I would much rather have Kevin Garnett guard me than Ben Wallace. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to think of. It's like who can I potentially maybe score on? It's definitely not Ben Wallace. I'm I'm going off of NBA all defensive players, and KG's names came up eight out of the ten. I like I like KG. I think I think both of those are great picks. I just think it's a hot take because it's Ben Wallace and he. I don't know. I just feel like when you think of great defenders, no one ever brings up his name. And I'm about to put some respect on it. I would say it's a lukewarm take. I would rate that lukewarm. Yeah, and Miles no, Ice Cold. I think it's a good warm. take. It's a good for take. These, for some of these like young bloods, I, I feel like for some of our younger listeners. I feel like they might be like, who the hell has been Wallace? Yeah. You know? And he did not well, retire that long ago. We also got to think if, if, if they're an NBA fan and they don't know who fucking Ben Wallace is, <laughs> they're not an NBA fan. That's a, that's a bandwagon. Just hop on the train and, oh, I like Steph Curry because everybody else likes Steph Curry type guy. And we ain't about that. Get him out Birdman, of here. I thought Birdman Anderson. Could have given Wallace a run for his money at one point, and then he just kind of tapered off. <laughs> now Dude, that's a all, hot take. I was all about but he no, no like that is Birdman, Birdman, Birdman was on the right. Like he when they were on the Heat, oh my gosh, he would come in. I think he I used to get more piece. excited to watch him than LeBron. Like you, when he was on the Heat. Yeah. You could have said Dwight Howard would have given Ben Wallace a run for money. I would have bought into that. Birdman? Dude, Birdman was Birdman. a monster on that playoff. <laughs> for like two years. Who can, I'm, I'm saying. If we're In those two peaks, years, if, though. If we're, take, if we're talking crimes, <laughs> I like that. I mean, that's a good if one. we're talking best two years the defenders had, Birdman <laughs> has to be on that list. <laughs> I'd rather take Mike Miller than Birdman. And Mike Miller, he just sat on the three-point line. He didn't play defense. I'll take Tyler Hero over Birdman. We got a song after him. How I'm drunk just, are you? I'm just Barker? kidding. <laughs> All right, let's move in to Euros. Matt, this is your time to shine. And real quick, tell the people who's in the lead here. Let them know. In last place, joint last place, we have Tim and Slate. Considering Slate has picked three less games than Tim, that's quite an achievement. <laughs> quite an achievement. Quite an achievement. Fitz is on five points. Parker is on eight. And I am on nine. How did that I, happen? I had two New Netherlands. That today. sounds like some fishy stuff. That's malarkey. Collusion. Two New Netherlands. Yep. Collusion. Collusion. So did, so did I not get any points for my two one Netherlands or like how does the point system work? Oh, so you I'm get so if you so you pick two one Netherlands, uh, the game finished two 0 uh, you got one point for picking the correct winner. But if Austria scored, you'd have got three points. So yeah, there we go. But we're gonna come back into that because we've got some more games to predict in a second. But uh, it's gonna give you so as we talk now, the first round of the group stage games have completed. And could do a rundown of all of that. And unfortunately, we're going to have to start in Copenhagen. It's Denmark versus Finland. It's the 42nd minute of the game. Denmark have a throw uh, throw in from the left-hand side of the pitch. Christian Eriksen's got a bit of space on the wing. The ball's thrown into him. He sort of 
runs towards it. He stumbles. He completely collapses. He's completely lifeless on the ground. Christian Eriksen has just suffered a cardiac arrest in the middle of the stadium, in the middle of a football game. It's 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 shocking. Um, he's minutes from dying. And um, to be fair to everybody that's involved, Danish captain so, so Simon Kajer, I think I've pronounced that correctly, instantly knew how serious the situation was where he ran over, cleared his airwaves. The referee, Anthony Taylor, uh, instantly waved on the paramedics onto the pitch. CPR was given to Christian Eriksen straight away. And then thankfully, within the, f- the first use of a defibrillator, uh, Christian Eriksen was resuscitated on a pitch, which is mind-blowing. Like, well, we all watch sports to get away from the seriousness of life. And that's sort of like harrowing, really. And I feel really sad for anybody, actually, who was actually at that game. None more so than Christian's wife, who was actually in the crowd. Um, that must have been really tough for her. He's alive. Um, he'll probably never play football again. It's a shame. He's a great player. One of the best players in Europe. Horrifying, really. I was watching it live, and you, you watch it, you go, oh, he's just gone down. Oh, okay. And then, like, 10 minutes later, they're on the start of the game, and you see the paramedics give them a CPI. Oh, fucking hell, this is serious now. Um, but, yeah, super, completely horrifying scenes. Unfortunately... UEFA told the Denmark team that they had to finish the game either that day or the morning after. The Danish team opted to play the game after they knew Christian Eriksen was fine. And you look at the Danish players and they were just emotionally distraught, emotionally drained. They were pretty poor. They were bad. Finland 1-1-0. Prior to the incident, it was all Denmark. Obviously, the incident had a massive say on the game. Kasper Saab, Schmeichel, really good goalkeeper, one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, let in a really easy goal. The ball was headed in straight towards him. He just parried it into the back of that. Terrible. Can you blame him? Not really. Should the game replayed? Not really. I feel sorry for Denmark because they had a really good team. And it's a shame, really. But fair play to Finland. I, I, I guess it, it was probably easier for Finland to go out there and play. It must have been easier for Finland to go out and play. They went there. Got the win, 1-1-0. Probably one of the biggest upsets so far in the Euros. So, you know, the main thing is that Christian is still alive, really. I don't know about you guys, but the broadcast of just them just continuously showing it. I Some people got to lose their job. Like, that's not okay. You should have went back to, to HQ. You should have went back to yeah the pregame show or whatever. Not a good look for NBC. Or at least, you know, over here was NBC. I think it was Sky Sports for you guys across the pond. Yes, uh, BBC, um, but come on. BBC, okay. Yeah, just not cool. To, you know, this guy is is dead. Like, like he he's dead. And the the emergency team was doing the best they can to revive him. And they did, thankfully, but not okay to watch that. Like, come on, no, not so. It reminded me a lot of the the Kobe crash last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting some sort of lawsuit to come out of it. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It kind of reminded me of actually the Roman Grosjean crash out of Bahrain, where um, Roman Grosjean, for those who don't follow Formula One, um, crashed into a barrier and his car instantly set alight. Yeah. And instantly looked at you going, fucking hell, he's dead. And a similar situation where Formula One will kept showing this crash over and over again. And the cameras, you know, were showing it in the distance. Like they had a panorama of the whole scene. Just go back to the headquarters of the presenters, you know. You don't want to see it. You don't want to see the whole fans just like in tears. 
and paramedics giving CPR, you know, it's it's not great. It's not good at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've watched Drive to Survive, they interview Grosjean's wife um, yeah. about that situation. And she's like, my kids were watching that with me. Exactly. Like, my kid. Yeah. And she's like, for two and a half minutes, I didn't know if he was still with us. And I was, I didn't know what I would tell my kids, you know, like, do I just turn off the TV? Like what happens? Cause they're so engrossed in watching their dad rape, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like Christian's wife was in the stadium. I assume all his family were as well. Um, yeah, it's pretty horrifying, really, isn't it? Not the first time it's happened, though, but that's another story for another time. Let's go and actually talk about some actual football now. And good times if you're Italian. First night of his tournament, they lit it up. Beat Turkey 3-0. Turkey, as I predicted, terrible team. All they wanted to do was defend. They can't even defend. Um, Ciro Immobile and Jorginho and Marco Verratti have been superb for Italy. The Italians look really good. They kind of look genuine for the winning tournament. Keep an eye out for the Azzurri going deep. They are very good. They are very, very good. They are currently top of Group A with Wales just below them. Group B, Belgians are on fire. They completely tore apart the Russians. Big Romelu Lukaku scored a double and then Thomas Benua got another goal. They beat him 3-0. Belgium's, uh, sorry, the Belgium are on fire. They're, they're, they're doing very well. They also beat the Danes today. Russia might go through. We'll see. Finland, I think, could be on the way out. England is coming home. Well, it's not really coming home. It's only one game. I'm not going to try and get carried away too far, but this time they found a way and they got it right. England beat Croatia 1-0. Calvin Phillips was absolutely brilliant in middle midfield for England. It wasn't the most exciting game in the world. I won't say, you know, I'll, I'll admit that. England weren't amazing, but defensively they were very solid against a team that tore them apart in the World Cup final, uh, World Cup semi-final three years ago. Luka Modric, very quiet. Even Perisic, very quiet. England, England looked really defensively solid. Uh, obviously, you need a good defensive solid base to go deep in any tournament. It's too early to say whether England go deep, but they do play Scotland soon. If England beat Scotland 4-0, oh, I'll be on such a high, I would not believe it. Um, talking about Scotland, they got absolutely battered by the Czech Republic. They got Moving on. The game of the tournament so far was Netherlands-Ukraine. After I said Ukraine wouldn't score a goal, well, they scored two against the Netherlands. Um, the Dutch were cruising. They were 2-0 up, but the Ukrainians scored in the 75th and 79th to completely flip the game on its head, only for Denzel Dumfries to grab the winner in the 85th. Dutch look really good going forwards, really good going forwards. At the back, they are shaky. Um, so I reckon they probably will get through to the group stage. They'll probably will get through the last 16, but in the quarterfinals, they might play against a good defensive team and they're going to struggle because they can't keep a clean sheets. Spain nil, Sweden nil. Only nil nil in the tournament so far, which sounds like it was a really boring game. But actually, it was actually a really exciting game. Spain had 85% of the percentage percentage of the ball, wasted so many chances. Alvaro Morata missed an absolute sitter. Alvaro Morata was one of those, you know, famous Chelsea fell strikers. Spain had the chances, should have won, could have won two or three, didn't. Sweden also should have won as well. Alexander Isaac, the new Zlatan, doesn't play like Zlatan whatsoever though. He's definitely not the new Zlatan. He's a completely, he has his own identity. 
He's a great striker for Sweden. He is an absolute handful. And I reckon he's going to be on a big move to a big club this summer. He played brilliantly, could have scored, should have got an assist as well. But, you know, hey-ho. Finally, the group of death, Ronaldo made history becoming by becoming the highest scoring player in the Euros ever. He bagged two against Hungary. Portugal looked very good. I think Portugal are going to beat the Germans uh, this coming Saturday. It's going to be a big game. In the same group, France looked really dangerous. They won 1-0 against the Germany. It was quite comfortable for the French. To be fair, the French had two goals ruled out for offside. Kylian Mbappe is so quick. His skill with his the ball has feet, he's just astonishing. And N'Golo Kante, it, you know, 70% of the world is covered by water. The rest of it is covered by N'Golo Kante. He just covers every inch of the grass on the pitch. He is everywhere. But we're going to move on to our picks. Friday night, this is the big game. This is the big rivalry game of the tournament. We have England-Scotland Friday night. And I'm going to go England 4, Scotland 0. I'm going all, I'm going all out. I'll go England 2-0. I'm going England 3-0. England 2-1. Ooh. Tim, I like that. I like that a lot. This is a rivalry game. Look, I, I like the balls you picked there, Matt. I'm all for it. You know, I went out on a limb. I said Germany 3-0 against France. Didn't go my way. But I like the confidence. But that being said, I'm going England 3-2. 3-2. Well, that is a classic. Shout out one of my best friends. Um, her husband, Greg Munns, is the head soccer coach at Mars Hill University in North Carolina, and he is a native of Scotland. Yeah, I'm taking the like... upset. Taking the upset for Greg Munns. There's a famous England song called Scotland Get Battered Everywhere They Go, and I can't wait to sing that Friday night. I love when Jay Gray's on here because she just fires shots at every just direction. Fu- absolutely. Banana clip Can't extended. Be. That wasn't a shot. That's a connection. There are differences. Portugal, Germany, huge game, huge superstars. Could go either way. I'm going to say say 2-0 Portugal. I'm going to say it's a tie, 1-1. 2-1 Portugal. Tie, 2-2. I started abroad in Munich, so I'm taking Germany. But I'm not going to put a score, or a score on it. Just taking them. Germany's 4-0 against Portugal in recent memory here. Yeah. Dates back to 2014 World Cup. Pretty good World Cup for Germany fans. Mm. I'm going to go 2-1 Germany. Deutschland. Gets it done. Get back in the Germans again. That's right. I ain't stopping. Thomas Mueller's back, baby. The first round of the third games. So, yeah, that makes no sense. But we've got Italy versus Wales. Wales have been amazing. I really like Wales. But as of the Italians, the game is at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. I think the Italy are still going to be really good. I'm going to say 3-1. I think Wales will get a goal, but Italy have been so good. So it's hard not to go Italy. Uh, 2-0 Italy. 2-0 Italy. Copy Devin. 2-1 Italy. I feel bad because I'm taking all the upsets, but we had an exchange student in high school who was from Wales. Her name was Alice. It was spelled A-L-Y-S. Ah, Very Alice. interesting. But yeah, taking Wales. I like that. Wales played really good. Mm. Right? Turkish. You know what? I'm pushing it. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. That would be a classic. This game is a bit of a could be a bit of a whoever wins will go through to the next stage. We've got Russia versus Denmark. Denmark need to get the points. Denmark need to win. Russia, if they get a point, they're through. I'm going to say 1-1, I think. 1-1. Who? Who are you taking? 
Oh, never mind. That was dumb. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> Top two analytics here at the pub. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, one nil Denmark. I'm going one zero Russia. Two one Russia. I'm taking Denmark. Uh, Russia is one and one, right? Yes. So they beat Belgium. Beat, or sorry, they lost, lost to Belgium. Belgium beat Finland. You know what? Russia's going to contract. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. That's that's messed up. Russia wins here. They got more to play for. They're winning 1-0 against Denmark. A solid pick, I must say. And then final pick, England's last group game against Czech Republic at Wembley. 2 to England. 2 to England. 3-1 England. 4-0 England. 2-1 England. Going 5-0 England. 5-0 England. There we go. <laughs> He, Harry he Kane added to, a goal in that stand. Harry Cole to get Harry Kane to get every single one of them. Kane's gonna have a hat trick. England wins. Don't forget, Czech Republic recently beat England. By the way, yeah, that's exactly what I was looking Vengeance. at. Czech Republic just beat Scotland two zero. Yeah, got Croatia here. Not a bad side. I can't do it to you, Matt. I can't do it. Thank you. I'm gonna go two one, England. I think it's close. I think it's a good game. Okay, superb. Well, there we go. That's our picks for this round then. Oh, go on, Ted. I change my pick? Go on. <laughs> no! Hey. I, want, I want 5-0, hey. the other guys, the bad guys. You want 5-0 to the Czech Republic? Yes. There we go. Just, uh-huh. just flip. Yeah. I could Super. use the point. I could use the point right? if they win. I need all the points I can get. Yo, that's a bold strategy. Interesting. Gun. Interesting. Inter- it is a bold strategy, course, and that is for sure. Well, that's our picks, so and that's the Euros for now. All right, so baseball will we'll breeze through this. Uh, I do want to bring up the the recent drama that we've got going on with pitchers. Um, so MLB is cracking down on foreign substances uh, from pitchers, uh, specifically like the, the sticky substances. Um, and really, I kind of want to get Tim's thought on this. Um, Tyler Glasnow, uh, Tampa Bay Rays pitcher, recently after they started cracking down, uh, went cold turkey on his – Sticky substance, which uh, allegedly was just sunscreen. So you like put a little sunscreen on your arm and you can, it's got a little tack to it so that he can grip the ball a little bit better. Well, the second game, the first game he pitched, he felt more sore than, than usual. Um, and then the second game he pitched after going cold turkey, um, he gets a UCL injury in his elbow. Um, and basically the way he describes it is if you allow the pitchers to use the, the sticky substance, whatever it is, the foreign substance, um, it allows them to actually have a better grip on the ball. So he's not having the, the way he explains it. If he's got some sort of substance on his hand, whether it be rosin, you can grip the ball lighter and it allows for, you know, you're not choking the shit out of the ball is basically the way he describes it. So he's having to push the ball further back in his hands which obviously is incorporating a few more muscles as opposed to just kind of letting it lightly sit, I say lightly, but lightly or sit on his hands. And he thinks that's what's causing, uh, what has caused his issue. Do you see anything? Could you see something like that being the case or is he just kind of pissed about this whole thing? I just want to see, I just want to hear what you think on that. Yeah. Off the top of the dome, it sounds like it's kind of BS. So like when you think of a UCL injury, you know, if you ever watch like a pitcher in slow motion, you see like the wicked contortion of their arm 
the issue isn't the grip of the ball. The issue is uh, the force of that kinetic energy after the ball's been released and after you finish. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't think, I think he just got caught and he's trying to weasel his way out. Um, I don't think it would have any scientific backing. Now they, you know, I would all, I'd be for doing research on it and seeing how, you know, the coefficient of friction on gripping would affect the integrity of the UCL ligament at X miles an hour pitch, but it's more of the motion of the upper extremity versus the grip of the ball. So, yeah, that definitely makes sense. I'll send you the the video he posted. He had a press conference talking about it and the way he explained it, he apparently had talked to a scientist or some doctor. So he basically tried to, you know, plead his case. Um, So that, that was kind of what I wanted to talk about today is just like, if that has any sort of backing, then I, I think regardless, the MLB is coming down on pitchers pretty hard. And I disagree to an extent. I think there needs to be some universal maybe substance like rosin. So like the argument the pitchers are using is if we've got to go cold turkey, then make the batters go, go cold turkey. Make them use no rosin. Make them use no gloves. Uh, nothing that they can actually grip the bat better. Uh, because it's it's pretty uh, – I wouldn't say it's unfair. I would say they probably are thinking that it's a little uh, lopsided because obviously pitchers in the past two years and defense in general in baseball has gone substantially up. Like you're not seeing as many home runs uh, and you're seeing a lot more no-hitters from these pitchers, which is pretty abnormal. And it, it comes to uh, the root cause potentially being the spider tax stuff. Um, if you ever get a chance, go on YouTube or uh, I think they've got like a few Instagram videos of like how sticky that stuff is. And that's what's causing these pitchers to, to throw harder. So it's not necessarily their miles per hour going up. It's the rotations on the ball. So like they're getting like 400, 400 to 500 rotations per minute or per whatever on the ball, which makes the ball harder to hit because it's just kind of like weaseling off the bat. Um, so I think I think this is going to be a big development story, or it's already a big development story. I think it's going to get even crazier because the MLB says if they catch you now, you're getting automatically suspended for uh, ten games. Um, but I definitely think that there that needs to be addressed. As far as you know, I think there I think there needs to be something universal. I don't think that these pitchers need to be going to they've been going to like scientists to make this sticky substance for them. So that, that it's like harder for them to get caught and stuff like that. But you can see a ton of videos where, you know, they'll they'll bridge, touch the bridge of their cap or in their glove and get something on their hand to to make them throw a little bit, a little bit more rotation. Or really, what they're saying it allows them to have a little bit more control because of the inconsistencies of the baseball. So pretty well. batter, batters can use like a grip substance for bats. Yeah, they've got they've got rosin, which are like a pine tar basically it's just it's like sticky substance that they get bat batting gloves which are obviously pretty crazy and it's supposed to help them with they've also got grips that you can put on the bat um so it's it's kind of like a i think that i think there needs to be some sort of middle ground i don't think it needs to be like hey you're a pitcher go out there and let us just ding home runs i think that something needs to be done for the pitching side of it and especially if it if they do come out and say that you know, this is helping avoid injury. 
uh, in pitchers, maybe less Tommy John or elbow injuries, then I definitely think that there needs to be something done about it. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if, like, if you know, the grip of the ball affects that because that is that deceleration phase is what causes the injuries. But yeah. it's just it's so annoying that the MLB, gosh, they are so, oh, they, they just they just don't change. You know, like you have to adapt to the game. And I wonder how long they've been, the batters have been using this uh, pine tar stuff for probably years and years. Oh, no, it's, it's like you can go basically ever since they use wooden bats, which exactly, is yeah. always, they've, they've had some sort of substance on their bat to, to assist with gripping and uh, all that stuff. So I think, yeah, like I think if you hear his argument, he obviously articulates it a little bit better. It's about a five minute long interview where he's just kind of spitting off facts or whatever or facts statements um it, it's pretty it's very very interesting i'll give them that definitely makes you think like before i was like man why don't you why don't you just go out there and pitch and not complain about it but then you're hearing all these arguments from the pitchers like well batters get this we don't get anything you know whatever so definitely something to look look forward to i look forward to, to hearing about um in the baseball world Every every week that goes by, the PST baseball league sounds better and better, boys. <laughs> Use whatever you want. Don't care. Beam pitchers. We got roids, pine tar. Vaseline <laughs> for your curveballs. Whatever you want. I'll be using my cricket bat. There yeah. you go. Hey, there you go. Whatever you need. Cork that sucker. Let's go to work. <laughs> Moving on a little bit. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of power rankings real quick. Um, I want to Go ahead and say this. Orioles are no longer in last place. We're actually up to 25, so big moves for those. Um, we're still 20 games behind being 500, but, you know, well, I digress. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays playing out of their minds. Uh, since the start of their 11-game winning streak in the middle of May, they have a 23-5 and record. Um, obviously, Tyler Glasnow going out. It's a huge, uh, huge dent to their uh, – their defensive prowess, um, but they go on a um, – they're going on a um, – gosh, why am I blanking? They're going on a series against the White Sox this week, who is in the number two spot in the power ranking. So, whoever comes out uh, positive in this weekend will probably hit that top spot, but look to see both of those in, the, in uh, deep going pretty deep into the uh, playoffs this year. Uh, and if you've not got to watch it, um, Jacob DeGrom, the pitcher for the Mets, dude is an animal, um, throwing a hundred mile an hour fastballs and 92 mile an hour, uh, slider. So, um, just, just things that have never been seen before in baseball. Um, if you ever get a chance, look up Rod Friedman, uh, at the pitching ninja on Twitter. Uh, he'll do overlays of what his pitches look like so that it can, when you get to the pros, there's things called sequencing. So it's not like all pitches aren't just like randomized. It's like he'll throw a fastball down and away and then throw this 92 mile an hour slider that until it gets 10 feet from him, looks the exact same. And then it's breaking off the table. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, but you know, obviously midway, almost midway through the season and, uh, really looking forward to seeing where baseball goes. Who's throwing 92 mile per hour sliders? 
uh, Jake DeGrom. That he played sounds... shortstop in college. Oh my God. And made it to the pros. <laughs> and now he's throwing 100 mile an hour fastballs. That sounds insane. Dude, I'll send you the, uh, the, the tweet that Rob Friedman posts. And it's like absolutely insane to watch like how close the, it's like an overlay. So you'll see what the fastball looks like. And then you've got a slider breaking, you know, six to eight inches at 92 miles an hour. I may have played against one person my entire baseball career that threw 92, much less a 92 mile hour slider. And it wasn't a slider either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind he'll win the, the Cy Young um, for the AL, but uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Andrew Price wants to know top three celebrities you want to see fight the Paul brothers. And I didn't specify what type of fight. I want to see gonna... Vince Wilfork. Ooh, yeah, holy cow. He's got to wear the overalls. On him. Dude, Vince Wilfork is just all muscle. That's all he is. He's muscle. And I want to see him just take, like, lay one on him real quick and then just, like, bam, on top. I'm here for that. I think I'm going to try and score this as, like, a boxing match. I'm going to try and keep it as clear-cut as possible because they're obviously not interested in getting into the world. Um... This is this one's tough. That's that's a tough question. If anybody else, please follow. Understand. Nate Nokia Diaz. I'm here for it. Diaz is a hell of a boxer. No side of those combinations. I I heard that from busting with the boys. Shout out to them. Uh, Nokia like the flip phones. They said Nate Diaz, man. It's like an old flip phone. You put him in a blender, turn that thing on, he'll still make a phone call once he's done blending up. Like, he, that joker gets punched on more times than none, comes out busted bloody, but he's always ready to go. Um, and I just love to see Nate Diaz talk some shit to the Paul brothers. And Nick Diaz, too. Both the Diaz brothers. Brother versus brother. I got I got top three, but they have to be in their uniforms. So, I need Chris Pratt Star-Lord, all right, as the, as Star-Lord. I need Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. And I need Chris Evans as Cap. Do they get I their need, swords and uh, their shields and, like, other? No, just... Just I mean, the uniform, just that's yeah, it. Just, they just need the uniform, yeah, no weapons. I like I like Tim's answer. I, I was inspired watching Raiders of the Last Ark this past weekend because it was the 40th anniversary. And the way Harrison Ford just kind of gets his, like he just kind of grits his teeth as he's throwing haymakers at the big Nazi is the big the big plane fight. I don't think Harrison could take him today. He might be a little too stoned. But um, like if I could choose Indiana Jones, I'd choose Indiana Jones. But I guess a modern day Indiana Jones. I don't even know who that would be. Help me out. Shot up of. Do it. Who wants to see that? Who wants to see that fight? Honestly, Shia LaBeouf's crazy enough to do whatever. Okay. You know what? Well. Give me Shia LaBeouf. Sure. Shout out. Shout out to Disney Channel. <laughs> That's where he started on Disney Channel, did he not? That's where the Paul Brothers started to be. Yeah. Like, perfect. Disney Fire. Disney, Disney and Disney can broadcast it. It'd be perfect. They need a little edge on their channel. 
like uh, NFL on Nickelodeon. Yeah, Kim Possible is doing the commentary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think if I'm going to pick my celebrities, and I've got to pick three, one's going to be Chara. I feel like Chara would just destroy him. Terry Crews. And then old school Stone Cold Steve Austin. No chance right. he's winning any of those fights. Right. My big three are going to be Tyson Fury, because obviously just would love to see if those get battered. Just purely battered. Thanks for coming. See you next week. The Big Show, bringing that big boy back. And then, last one is, um, none of you don't really know who he is, but Ben Stokes, England cricketer. He uh, had a few beers one night. He went to a bar. Someone said something shit to him. He took him outside and knocked this guy out cold in the street in Bristol. He's got a hell of a punch on him. So there we go. I'm here for that. That story, you guys remember Mike Volley, the the professional skateboarder who took on like six guys at once? Dude, that guy was in the animal. That's my third right there, the Diaz brothers and Mike Volley, because you just reminded me of Matt. Good picks, solid picks. I also thought of another movie, Spider-Man, when Randy Orton is Bonesaw. <laughs> and he's like, you're going nowhere, freak show. I got you for three minutes. I, uh, I feel like Logan Paul would be shook if he had to do a cage fight with Randy Orton. I, I got to correct you. It's it's Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, it's Randy Savage. That's R.I.P. That's in paradise. Yeah. Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you better snap in the Slim Jim, brother. <laughs> uh, dumbest podcast around. Hey, that's going to do it for the show. Jake Ray, as always, thank you for hopping on with us. Always welcome back. And uh, always love talking golf with you and ever sport. Hey, pour a cold one up. Put some money on some sports. Have one hell of a week and be a friend. Tell a friend. Let's go. Bye. Have a wonderful time. See ya. In a bit, go well. <laughs> <laughs>